Well, good morning, everybody. Glad you guys are here to uh, worship with us this morning. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the campus pastor here. And uh, like Jeremy said, we're so glad that you guys are here to, to worship with us. It's great to get together. And today we are wrapping up our series uh, called Built to Last. And over the course of the last several weeks, uh, we've been looking at what does the Bible say about what happens when this life wraps up. And so we started the series talking about the subject of death, which whenever you bring up, it, it's kind of one of those things that we may think about a lot, but we don't talk about a lot, especially with a group of people. But our view of death and what happens after we've breathed our last breath in this life, it actually does impact uh, the way we live. So we kind of kicked off the series talking about something that might be a little bit morbid, but at the same time uh, brings perspective. And what we've been doing is digging into the scriptures and the biblical view of what does happen when this life wraps up. And kind of the overall premise of this series is that uh, if you live your life viewing this life one way, uh, it's going to impact it versus if you live it another way. And what I mean by that is if you think this life is all that there is, that this is the final destination, then you're going to live this life thinking I have to get every single thing and peace of fulfillment as I can, because if not, then there's nothing else and that causes us to live one way. But if this life is just a preparation for the life to come, then that that impacts how we live as well. And so we've been talking about what does it mean to live like this preparation type of life, like this life prepares us for eternity, prepares us for forever. And we've talked about decision making. We've talked about relationships. We've talked about our identity. Uh, we've talked about our finances. We've talked about our mission in life. And today we're talking about a subject that impacts us all, and that's trouble. How does our view of this life and the life to come impact the trouble that we face? Trouble, problems, circumstances, frustrations, all the things that happen that we just kind of end up collective sigh, like, oh, not now. And I don't know about you, but I experience that in many different ways. Things with the car goes wrong, sickness hits, and you just think, like, why does this happen? Sometimes at the worst time possible. If you're like me, that, that just is kind of an ongoing battle in life. How do you deal with trouble? How do you deal with these, these things that kind of crop up when we, we don't want them to? And so we're talking about how, how does God actually use that? How does God use trouble in our life? That's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to do something a little bit different. Kind of the last half of my message, I'm actually going to show a video. And normally, if I show a clip, it's like a two-minute clip. We're going to be watching a 12-minute. That's called like a short. Like that's, you could win an award for a short for that. Okay, that's 12 minutes. I'm actually going to sit down. Okay, that, that just lets you know. But what I wanted to do is, when you talk about trouble, uh, a lot of times it can be conceptual. But in a real personal way, it, it deeply impacts us. And so we're going to get a chance to hear uh, from a couple that in the last few years have experienced a lot of trouble. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about their story later. Uh, but I wanted to let you know that because sometimes when we talk about trouble, when we talk about pain, we talk about maybe even suffering. There's a part of us which we, we've dealt with things personally, but, but sometimes we, we just need a picture of how do you actually deal with it? And what do you have to do? And what do you, what's the battle like? And so I hope to give you the biblical basis, and then show you how the biblical basis actually impacts our experiences. And so that's kind of what the video will do. So just, just a heads up, 
that's coming. Uh, but I just kind of want to summarize uh, where we've been. We've been talking about life as a preparation, not a destination. And I just want to briefly kind of talk about the difference that, that that makes. If this life is a final destination, if you think this is all there is, that tends to lead us to a lot of disappointment. Uh, if you think the relationships you have right now are the only relationships you're ever going to have, then you tend to put a lot of expectations on people, right? Because this is it. I have to get all the hope and fulfillment I can from this person because this is my only chance. So, but at least the disappointment because no person can actually fulfill us fully. It just, it just doesn't work. So we've been, we've been talking about that. So it leads to kind of disappointment and it leads to disillusionment, frustration. And as soon as you throw trouble in there, it kind of tends to just combust. It just kind of blows up in, in our face. And so I want to talk about what, what the Bible has to say about trouble. And I hope that this will give you uh, some perspective. So here's what I'd like you to do just on the front end. This is just for you to do by yourself just to take a time to think. Okay, What are you frustrated about right now in your life? What are you frustrated about? What are you sad about? What are you disillusioned about? Is there anything in your life right now that you're facing that's just causing like kind of an emptiness inside of you? Maybe you want something that you don't have. Maybe you have something that you don't want. I want you just to jot that down on the program. Just think, what's going on in my life right now where I'm, I'm feeling a little hopeless or frustrated or sad or, or angry? Just, just think about that, and that will help us as, as we move on. Just take about 30 seconds to think. If you're an extrovert, this is like way too long. <laughs> Silence. That's me. It's like, okay, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. Keep it going, just keep it going. No, I can't. It's too quiet. If you're an introvert, you're like, can you stop talking? I'm trying to think. <laughs> Ten more seconds. Even if you, you haven't been able to kind of maybe formulate it specifically, we all have kind of something, something that, that we're dealing with, something that's kind of weighing on us. And there's a part, and as, as we, we deal with that stuff, it's very real to us. And I don't know what yours is. I have some of what mine is. And they're probably similar overall. But there's something about kind of coming face to face with the things that we're dealing with right now. That, that's exactly where God wants to meet us. God meets us exactly in the present. There's just something about the trouble and the things that are weighing on you right now. That's the very thing God wants to meet you in. There's a sense in which sometimes when we talk about eternity, and we talk about forever, and we talk about trouble, uh, there's a disconnect. We tend to think that the things I'm facing right now are disconnected from what is to come. 
Sometimes they're even disconnected from what we see God doing. Like we just, we don't even know if he's here, if he's present, how is he working this stuff out? So I want to kind of give some perspective. And this perspective is true, but it, it, it's hard to swallow at times. And the first the biblical basis of, of, of trouble and eternity is that we should not expect heaven on earth. Okay? Now this like this intro so far, it's like you're writing stuff down that's weighing on you and and then you're just hit with, like, you shouldn't expect heaven on earth. Are you guys feeling down? Like, if you weren't feeling down, you might be now, right? But the reason I, I bring this up is that so many times we approach life thinking that we're going to experience heaven here and now. It goes back to hopelessness and disappointment and frustration. It goes back to the very things that we experience. This life is hard. And it is a struggle and it is a battle. And sometimes we wake up and we're just trying to make sense of it all. And it feels like sometimes we're spinning our wheels. But this actually is not depressing. This is the reason why that's true and why that's real, why we experience it, is that this earth is not heaven. And that's why the promise of heaven is so important. Because if you're experiencing that and if you thought about those things and you kind of identified those things that are weighing you down, this should be the ultimate hope for all those who place their hope in Christ Jesus. Because you know that this isn't what it's going to be like forever. But this is the truth. We can't expect heaven on earth. Heaven will be heaven. And this earth can prepare us for that. But if you're experiencing frustration and you're experiencing sadness and emptiness and just the weight of life and your experiences you're experiencing actually what is totally normal and god wants us in the midst of this to not just look here and now but look at what is this preparing me for and so i want to share some scriptures that kind of highlights uh, this idea and i want to just read it and, and just draw a couple things and we shouldn't expect heaven on our there's a scripture found in first peter four and I'm going to read that to you, and, and this is what it says. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. It's basically a summary of what I've just said. If you're experiencing trouble, and this is talking about fiery trial, it's like for being a Christian, if you're experiencing just that frustration and like, why do things keep happening the way they did? And you look at the world and you get kind of, sad and hopeless and things seem to be unraveling peter's saying is like that that's a fabric of this life things do unravel don't be surprised as though something strange were happening to you but rejoice insofar as you share christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed and then it goes on if you are insulted for the name of christ you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of god rests upon you but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. So the beginning premise is trouble is, is real. It's normal. It happens to all of us. We shouldn't be surprised. We should expect it. Then the second part of the scripture speaks more to what does it mean to actually be a follower of Christ? And this is where it gets a little bit more sober. Because if you read that first line right there in 14, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. That doesn't really even seem like that could be true. Right? 
Like how could an, anyone insulting us, any of us, anyone thinking ill of us, anyone coming against us, how could that be a blessing? But again, the connection is not just to our experience on earth. The connection is tied again to what God is doing. And it's tied to heaven. And it's pointing to Christ. If you are insulted, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. And then the the verse shifts and it talks about all of us can experience trouble. And if you want to really experience trouble, do a lot of bad things. So it's basically saying, like, if you experience trouble, but you've been doing evil, not only is that normal, but that's the right punishment for your sin. He's saying you can experience trouble and you can experience pain even when you're doing right. And even in that, God will honor that. The reason I bring this up is this, this perspective, if you're a Christ follower, should set up the right expectations for this life. Now this goes against mostly everything in our culture today. Because to be insulted, to actually be looked down upon, would be the worst thing ever. Right? I mean, it's an attack on your identity, on who you are. What the scriptures are saying is, is you're actually partaking. You are just like Christ. When he came on this earth, he suffered, and he was insulted, and he was persecuted. And when you experience that, you're sharing in that with him. So it's speaking a lot of expectations, speaking a lot of how we want to view ourselves. And so this is really for the people that have committed their lives to Christ. Do not be surprised. And I believe we're going to be entering a time more and more as history unfolds where to be a Christian and to stand for what is true, we're going to experience this more than ever. What the writer's saying is you may have experienced trouble, but there's going to be a time when you're going to experience trouble for being a Christ follower, and God will bless you in what you face. So don't be surprised. And you should be blessed and rejoice when you share in Christ's suffering. Okay, I just want to give you that kind of backdrop perspective because that, again, helps see, okay, that there's something going on on this life that God allows us to experience. And he wants to to use that. He wants to to build us through it. And I want to fast forward just a couple verses after this. 1 Peter 4.19. It says, therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So here's the added layer of don't be surprised. If you suffer, you're actually sharing what Christ experienced on this earth. But then this part is when you suffer, what are you supposed to do? You are supposed to trust God. Who is the faithful creator while doing good. So there's an element of trouble that happens to us. Some we experience because we may be a Christ follower. Some we experience just because we're human and we're in a fallen world and things unravel and things fall apart. There's a part in which trouble happens to us to really reveal what's most important. Like What do we really believe? What do we really believe is true? That happens as the heat gets turned up in life. So God allows that. Because it shows us our heart. If you've ever experienced trouble, have you ever been really frustrated at something? I mean, really frustrated. Something happens. You just are just, why did this happen? And you're just all fired up and you're just kind of wound up and so frustrated and just it's weighing on you. And, and then 
it kind of like passes a little bit and it passes. And then you look back and you're thinking, like, wow, I was really, really frustrated. You ever done that? Is that just me? No, I mean, I've done that. And I look back and I'm thinking, like, at the moment, all I could see was this nuisance, this problem, this frustration. And it seemed like it was the only thing I could focus on. In that moment, I, that's all I focus on. I miss what God wants to teach me through it. But even in that, I realize, like, wow, God, I'm depending on myself. I'm depending on how I want things to happen. I really value my own goals. I really value my plan. And when trouble happens, it has a way of just blowing it up. And when it blows up, I see who I am. I could be a frustrated, disappointed person. And I'm sure you can relate too. So Trump has a witch. It shows us. It's like a mirror. Who are you? So what Peter is saying is, as this happens, you have to entrust yourself to the creator. You have to trust God and do good. Still do what's right before him. So that's just reality. We shouldn't expect heaven on earth, but as we experience trouble, it can actually prepare us for heaven. So it's, it's a little bit of, of a paradox. But there's this thing in life where things unravel. Okay, It happens in our homes. Right when you fix something, something else breaks. You ever experienced that? I know I have. We have this trash can. I love this trash can. This is off the notes, but I just have to share this because it's really frustrating. But I have this trash can, and it's like a really nice trash can. You step on it, and the lid opens. Well, the stepper thing is broken. And so you step on it, and it just kind of it like just quacks at you. And it doesn't even open. And so it's like, what's the point of the stepper thing if the trash doesn't open? And so I, I found this way because one side is broken. So I put like a rock underneath yeah, this is inside the house. Like, put a rock under one side, and it, like, works now. And so I was really excited. Like, I fixed it. Fixed it with a rock. Like, you know. Great. Um, you guys are excited for me. But and, So anyways, we, we swept the floor, and, and then the trash can got moved, and the rock. Yes. I don't know what you're thinking, but I just lost the rock. Yours might have been like more epic, like it got vacuumed up, but that would have been bad too. But the rock got lost. And you know, it's like so pathetic because this whole time, and this was me yesterday. Hey, hey, you guys seen the rock? Not the wrestler, like the rock under the trash can. Have you seen the rock? And, you know, just hearing my wife like, no, I haven't seen a rock. Like you think the kids, that's me. And then I'm to the kids. Hey, have you seen a rock? It was white and I put it right up here and... And I was so like kind of amped about this trash can that was broken, the rock that I have fixed it, the rock that I've lost. I still haven't found the rock. I still don't know where it is. Trash can still doesn't work. I just, it's like mocking me. Like, <laughs> You're just, this is how I think, guys. I apologize. Just being real. But the frustration, it just goes to show, like, all I'm saying is, that's a trash can and a rock. And it took, like, a lot of my time yesterday just, like, trying to figure it out. And I still don't know where it is. And it still kind of bothers me. Even as I'm speaking, I'm like, did I check under that chair? Or is it, like, underneath the bookcase? You know, like, I'm thinking about that. But things unravel. And this is what trouble does. It's, it's unraveling. It's unraveling. It's unraveling. Things that we put together unravel. Our relationships, 
we get a relationship and it seems like we're on the same page. And then like a week later, you're like, huh, it seems kind of like we're distant. And did I say something? And they may have said something to me and it unravels. It happens in our relationships all the time. If you have kids, it happens as you relate to your kids. With spouses, it happens. With roommates. We just, constant unraveling, which produces frustration. Frustration just kind of causes us to get to the point like, yesterday I was at a store and the rain had held off. And I see this, this woman with like a newborn baby in a stroller and another kid with her and their husband and no, none of them have jackets. And then the rain just starts. And I'm waiting at the exit, and she just <laughs> figures I knew this would happen. And, like, in that moment, I thought, you know, it's a big deal. And then I just remember, like, but I've done that same thing. When it's your kid, and they don't have their jacket, and your baby's getting rained on, it's a big deal. But in that moment, I just saw the frustration. I saw that just, that like, oh. Just over the rain. But when you're in it, even things like that and trash cans and rocks, they can overwhelm us. And that's trivial compared to like the real pain that we can experience as well. I mean, talking about the seriousness, like just the loss of people in our lives, people that that die, disease, pain, suffering, all that, all this just unraveling, unraveling, unraveling. It weighs upon us. And if we spend our time on this earth just thinking everything has always got to be together, you, you're disillusioned because it's always going to unravel. This side of heaven, everything will always unravel. Now, that's not to depress you even further. That's just to show the reality of like there's a frustration and a hope that we long for that can't be tethered to this world alone. It has to be tethered to heaven. Hope does not last unless it's tied to forever. Because forever, in eternity, with the Lord Jesus is the only time when that thing, when God puts it back together. I want to close out with one more passage and then we're going to get to the, to the video. So entropy or atrophy, it's a sign that life on this earth is temporary and we should live for what will last. As you've experienced that frustration, that should be a trigger. There has to be something more. There has to be something more. There has to be something more. If you're a Christ follower, you know that. But as your frustration comes, it needs to be a trigger. If you're not a Christ follower, this should be a realization. Like, I need to seek out something because this keeps happening. This frustration, this disillusionment. There's got to be something that can answer and provide the hope that I'm, I'm looking for. So this is what the scripture is saying. I want to read another passage in 2 Corinthians that God kind of has put there. And it provides some perspective and encouragement. In our trouble. So let me just read this. I'm going to go through it pretty quick and then we're going to watch the video. So here's something to, to encourage you, okay? Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, that's just life, but also just even our bodies as we get older, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are un which are not seen, sorry, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So there's encouragement in this beginning. There's, we don't have to lose heart. We don't have to give up. If this life is all there is, you, what is there to live for? Because it keeps unraveling. 
But if there's something beyond this life, then you actually can have you can't have hope. So I just want to break this down and just to some points just to kind of provide perspective. First is entropy. It reminds us to turn to God for strength. Though outwardly a wasting way as, as things are unraveling, as the frustration builds, as we experience loss and trouble, that should be the, the, the cue to us. You know, I, I, need, I need to turn to the Lord Jesus. I need to trust in him. Not in what I can see, but on him who's eternal. And the second is our temporary trouble is temporary, but it also will bring lasting reward. And this is where the preparation comes to, into reality. If this life is preparation, then the trouble you experience is preparation. And how you endure under it is preparation. And God rewards you for that in eternity based on how you've handled trouble in this life. So it's a test. That's why it's called testing. It really is a test. For are we going to trust God in the middle of what we face, even the things that are really difficult? For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. That's perspective. God will use it. And not only will he use it, but he rewards based on how we trust him here and now in this life. And Paul, who wrote this, he experienced some great troubles himself. Uh, He endured a stoning by an angry mob. He was imprisoned. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by a snake. He was chased out of town. Ultimately, he was martyred for his faith. So when he speaks about this, this light and momentary affliction, his light and momentary affliction is like, that would be the worst life I could live, it seems like. Like That's far greater than things I faced talking about trash cans and rocks right but he's just saying this is what god's allowed to happen in my life but as he's allowed to happen i can meet him in the middle of it and my faith can grow i can trust him god is meeting him in the middle or he met him in the middle of his pain and god wants to meet us in the middle of our pain so i want to just back to what you wrote at the beginning the frustration, maybe some sadness, the disillusionment, some pain, whatever you have going on in your life, God wants to use that to draw you to him. And as he does that, your faith can grow if you choose to trust in him. So as the heat turns up, God, God is not intent on just sitting back and watching us melt. He wants to help us in the middle of it. And we rely on his strength. And that can happen as Paul wrapped up the last point, which is to stay focused on eternal things. And he says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. So I want to close out by sharing a story from Scott and Penny Lamberth, who actually were members of Church in the Valley. And then in 2007... Uh, we launched a church called Orange Crest Community Church in Riverside, California. Josh and Erica De La Rosa launched that church, and Scott and Penny were on the launch team. And back in 2007, them and some other couples went to get this church started in the area of Orange Crest. And they are still active members of Orange Crest, still involved. Scott's actually uh, on part-time staff at Orange Crest Community Church. And Orange Crest is a part of uh, this network of churches that we work with called the 176 Network. And we're 
really trying to shape the values of people by starting churches and ministries in different areas around the world. But I wanted to, these are also friends of, of mine and, and many people here. But I wanted you to hear their story because this is the picture that, that, that is helpful to see. So I'm going to watch this and then I'll, I'll wrap up our time. Let's watch it together. We've had a series of loss over the years, the past 15 years, starting with my brother, our daughter. I had a cousin, Mark, who died very tragically, and uh, Penny's dad, and then recently her sister, Nicole, which was just really heartbreaking. Um, uh, You know, we've also suffered, uh, I had a partnership breakup years ago that cost me a lot of financial hardship. Um, You know, the economy slowed in 2009. A lot of people had trouble. The business I had started then really um, lost a lot of business and ultimately ended up selling it. And even recently, uh, the company I I worked for, um, after eight years of just loving working for this company, um, just healthcare reform had really kind of just caused that company to go into decline after 85 years of being a business and just wasn't the same company um i've had multiple surgeries just my body falling apart even at you know the the young age of 42 and uh, resulting in just a few years now of chronic pain and just having to bear with that too and um you know that's just kind of a sampling i guess um, a lot of people have been through worse but i would say we've had our fair share of pain and loss When my sister was diagnosed with brain cancer in, in 2013, uh, it was it was a dark time for me. Uh, going back a few years before, our dad had battled the same disease uh, just three years prior, and so getting her diagnosis uh, was devastating. Um, and. What that led to was was about a year of battling, um, battling like, why would God let this happen? Does He really like love me because of all this this trouble that we've experienced? Um, going back a little further, the loss that Scott mentioned, our daughter, um, when I was 22 weeks pregnant, we lost her. Um, along with my dad's illness declining at that same time. So that was all kind of just snowballing and it, it culminated with my sister's diagnosis. And I definitely hit a wall. I found myself spiraling downward. Um, specifically, I began to isolate myself. I uh, began to kind of not really reach out to my friends and think, and I told my told myself, they just didn't get what I was going through. So it looked like staying home more, just going, checking out, going to bed early. Um, yeah. I also really struggled during these times to see clearly um, how, to, how to respond. Um, it, it made it really difficult. Um, you know, especially even like in my chronic pain, I remember thinking like, how, how, what's the best approach to this? And I really struggled with that over the three years of dealing with it. Like, what types of treatment should I be part of? How should I approach this? And, and you know, it's, it just was, it was messy. 
and I made some mistakes along the way and um, and I really couldn't see clearly about how to approach this exactly to avoid more pain and compounding pain. Another, another question I kept thinking, another battle I had, is there something wrong with me? Like, am I under like some judgment or am I just a, a loser or, you know, do I make poor decisions? Um, you know, we, I guess just shame, shame. Like if I'm experiencing pain then, or trouble, then maybe I've done something wrong. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. I definitely did. Um, I, there's a couple of examples that come to mind when, when um, I think about how God has renewed me and, and changed me through this through pain. Um, one one story is um, soon after we had um, delivered our daughter, um, our uh, stillborn daughter at 22 weeks, um, and my and. It, along with my dad's health declining his cancer had come back and so we were bad we were dealing with that too and not sure how long we'd have him around uh, i had a conversation with our old pastor um, randy lanthrop and I, I i will never forget what he what he shared with me that day he just he looked at me and he said god must think a lot of you to allow you to go through this and that um perspective that he gave during that during that time was it, it like gave me courage to um, look at our situation from a different angle and to um, just kind of think about it as as think about these this pain and this loss and this trouble we've gone through as more of an opportunity to learn and grow. The morning after I got the phone call from my sister that she was going to be going on hospice care and there was nothing more they could do to to treat her cancer I sat down and um, spent some time with God and um, read from his word and I ended up reading this uh, scripture out of Job which um, the backstory in Job was God had a lot a lot of pain and suffering and illness in his life and what the part that I ended up reading that morning was at the end of the book of Job and where it talks about there was this small verse and it just said um, the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning and as I as I read those words from, from God um, I, I was given I was renewed and given courage that morning the, the questions were starting to already creep in like why is this happening? How come? And isn't there more we could, she could have done? And, um, you know, the discouraging thoughts. And But what that scripture did for me that day, it was like God was saying to me that morning, like, I know you've been through a lot, but it, there will be blessing again. And it helped me to move forward in faith and trusting him that he was going to work through this loss and it would be good again. Um, last year, uh, you know, even in the midst of Nicole's cancer progressing and, you know, things really declining, um, I ended up getting a really bad infection. Ended up in the hospital up north visiting Nicole on Thanksgiving and her poor husband, even though he was off uh, work, 
having to take me to the ER and care for me. And, uh, and it was a difficult time. It was hard on my wife to see me really sick. And it was hard on, um, you know, because we just wanted to be there with Nicole. And it really distracted from that. And, and I remember going through that, and it was a pretty severe illness to a point where I, I actually came a little close to it getting very serious. Um, to maybe even go in septic. And, um, and I remember having a fear for a moment. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how did that, what happened here? And just three days ago, I was okay. And now here I'm like, like I'm at a point where I need to get well soon or this is going to get really bad. And all of a sudden, it was as if like all of the time I'd spent with the Lord, all of the truth that I have gained, you know, all of the quiet times, all of the sermons, all of the times of seeing God come through in my life, all kind of culminated to this moment of just, I can't even describe it other than deep in my soul, deep in my very being, God proved to me that despite no matter what was going to happen to me in that moment, that he loved me, Scott Lambert. He loved me. And that whether I lived or died, or whether I was sick for a very long time or a short time, that he loved me and that he was lovingly working something out of me. Um, for me personally, what really helps me in the midst of pain is having the right expectations. And those aren't, um, having the right expectations don't come naturally to us. We kind of have false expectations naturally it seems and so um, just a deep search in life becoming a student of what we really can expect out of life in this world has has really helped me weather some storms and it's not that I'm a pessimist because if you know me I'm not um, I'm an optimistic realist <laughs> Um, I really do believe in pain. And at the same time, I really do believe that God is there. And um, I really do believe that you can be in pain and joyful at the same time. Um, I definitely don't want to be tested on to the extent that I believe that. <laughs> um, I really don't. But... Um, I have been renewed by that reality. And that is a gift. I didn't go out and buy that or find that. God gave me that. He gave me that in his own way, in his own training ground, and in the experiences he allowed me to walk through, in his loving way of just reaching out and speaking to me through his word. I didn't just lay around and receive it. I mean, it did take some effort, but he gave it to me. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that. I would there be a couple things I'd like to say. Um, one thing would be I'd like to encourage you to not give up hope. Um, I've definitely been in a place where I gave up hope, <laughs> and it what it it wasn't good. Um, and I know that there will be times is what in what you're walking through where the hope will be really dim and small. Um, but I just encourage you, um, as you battle the anger, the frustration, the sadness, the questioning, that um, just 
Like, don't completely give up the hope that this will someday be good again, that your life will someday be good. And that would be my second piece of advice is it it will get good again. And some of that getting better or goodness won't happen until heaven. And I hope that encourages you, that it won't be in vain, the the pain and the trouble. Um, Personally, I've already seen things get good again, even as, as I've gone through loss after loss after loss Um, but what keeps me going is knowing that it will one day be completely good and it, it will make sense sorry I hope that uh, challenges you. I know it, it does me. In November, um, my wife and I were at a gathering where Penny was, and it was shortly after her sister had, had died. And just went up to her, my wife and I, and we just said, we, we've been praying for you. And just with tears down her cheeks, she, she said thanks, and God had been good to her. And it was just this picture of seeing you know, these friends we've known for years and years. But they are not the same people that they were. They are are people that are full of a greater faith and a greater hope than when I first met them. And it came through the things that they've experienced. And it came through tremendous pain and tremendous loss. And that's the promise. A relationship with God connects us to even the things that we experience that we'd never want to experience again. He will use uh, for our good. So I hope that encourages you and gives you some hope as we wrap up this series. I just want to encourage you just to, to think through what you're facing, even the stuff that you wish wasn't on your plate, and ask, how does God want this to prepare me for what is to come? And how can this grow my faith as I relate to him? I want to invite the band back up. We're going to sing a song back to God. We're going to receive our offering and then close out. Uh, our service and if you could take out your connection card that jeremy had you fill out and finish filling that out if you have any prayer requests just based on what what i've talked about today if there's just something that that you're going through right now that you'd like prayer for uh, the staff would love to pray for you this week and there's some next steps that you can take in response you can see that on the back of the card as well if you just kind of see feel like god's leading you to take a certain step I, i encourage you i encourage you to do that I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing back to God and receive our offering. Let's pray. God, thank you for just using even the things that we wish we didn't have in our life. You use it even for our good. And you use it to grow our faith. You use it to solidify the hope we have in meeting you again in heaven. So, God, we want to place our eyes on that. We want to place our eyes on you and just help us in the midst of all that we're facing to do that. I pray for anyone here who's just overwhelmed by life and circumstances to experience uh, and to just see that, that they can find hope in you. And so I pray that you'll draw near to us right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.